the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my turn. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And now, here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, a program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. And welcome back, friends. Hope you're enjoying the show. We have a great guest. We'll go to him in just a moment. Before we do, I want to let you know, remind you, and let you know that if you haven't got your Valentine's Day gift yet, there's still time. And, uh, Thompson Jewelers is the perfect place to get the perfect Valentine's Day gift for the special person in your life. And you can find them in two easy locations. One is on Colonial Drive, Highway 50, East Highway 50 in Orlando at, in the Colonial Plaza Mall, uh, right in the corner of Bumby and Highway 50. Of course, Colonial Plaza is Orlando's original mall. And in, and in Kissimmee, St. Cloud, on Highway 192, and when I say Kissimmee St. Cloud, that is correct because they are right on the line. They're in the Hobby um, Lobby Shopping Plaza, right on the border of Kissimmee and St. Cloud on Highway 192. So I urge you to get over to see Derek, all the great people at Thompson Jewelers, and they'll fix you up with the perfect gift for Valentine's Day. No, you need to stress over that anymore. We're very pleased and honored to be joined by our next guest on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. He's the founder and host of the Carl Jackson Show, which, of course, as you know, is heard on weeknights at 7 p.m. Monday through Wednesday, right here on the new AM 950 and FM 94.9, The Answer. Also, most recently, he is part of the esteemed lineup on the Salem Podcast Network. I'm speaking, of course, about Carl Jackson, founder and host of the Carl Jackson Show. Carl, it's great to be with you today. Thank you so much for joining us on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Hey, Roger. I appreciate it, man. It's such an honor. It's so funny because over the years, uh, I mean, your voice has become a staple on uh, on radio. And uh, it's, uh, I don't know, it's just, it, it's cool. It's cool to be on your show. I appreciate you inviting me on. Well, thank you very much. And I've been looking forward to it. And of course, we've had some Great discussions off the air in the building, and I and I was so uh, you know interested in those and found those to be so interesting. I'd like to share some of it with our listeners. And but first of all, can you share a little bit about the background of the Carl Jackson Show, how the show got started, and give us an update on you know joining the Salem Podcast Network, which you did just this week. Yeah, you know what? Uh, uh, honestly, I had gotten sick and tired of. Uh, the politics in America, it, uh, it kind of goes back to uh, a spiritual change, a spiritual reality check uh, that I had in my life after uh, just kind of living the crazy 
uh, wildlife and uh, having a child out of wedlock and uh, all this kind of stuff. I had a, a spiritual gut check. I mean, God just uh, literally, I, I mean, just changed my heart, changed my mind. Those those things happened pretty uh, pretty rapidly, and the things that I used to care about, I stopped caring about. The things that I thought were important were no longer important or as important. Um, and then I started paying attention to politics. I didn't care at all about politics before I became a Christian. Uh, and then it was actually, ironically, it was the uh, leading up to the election uh, between George W. Bush and Al Gore. And I got to tell you that I was, uh, well, I, I didn't think I was pro-choice. I used to rationalize in my head, hey, you know, if a woman wants an abortion, so be it. I'm not for it, but, you know, whatever. Whose business is it of theirs? That kind of stuff. Uh, and then uh, for the first time, I listened to a debate between George W. Bush and Al Gore. Um, and I can't remember exactly what Al Gore said, uh, but it was clear that he was pro-abortion or supported abortion, at least. And uh, and, and my ears perked up. Um, so, I mean, God was just doing something in me, and it was pretty rapid. That was the first time uh, that I had ever voted uh, Republican. But it wasn't so much because I knew the ins and outs of politics. It was just because of my spiritual conversion, and I knew that there were some things that I was hearing out of Al Gore's mouth uh, that I could no longer align with, giving, given my new uh, spiritual uh, conversion, some things that he, uh, that, that he was saying. Uh, long story short, I started, started a blog, holyplant.com, uh, quite some you know time ago. I worked jobs, two or three jobs at, uh, <laughs> at some point, uh, you know, overnight and through the night, and I would get to listen to a lot of talk radio, some good, some bad. One guy that I listened to was this guy, I'm not sure if you heard of him, uh, named Rush Limbaugh, um, and I had no idea who he was. He was just a guy that I would listen to uh, between jobs as I was driving uh, until one day I heard, went to a, 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 a dinner where there were a bunch of family uh, and friends uh, that happened to be black, and someone mentioned the name, and, oh, he's just racist and this and that. And in my head, I thought about, what? What are you talking about? This is a guy I've been listening to this entire time. This guy isn't racist. Um, you know, and that's just uh, it, little things like that that uh, set me off. And then Barack Obama got into office, and I knew everybody would be in love with him because of his skin, uh, skin color, not paying attention to his policies and, and his ideology. And by that time, I had started reading uh, more on the history of the Republican Party and black history within America, learned a lot of things that I had no clue about. I read Larry Elder's book, a book called Stupid Black Men. I walked into the Altamont Mall, as a matter of fact, Roger, saw this book on the shelf, and I'm like, what kind of idiot, literally, <laughs> will write a book called Stupid Black Men? Uh, and it was a book by, book by Larry Elder. And so while I was in uh, Borders, Barnes & Nobles, whatever it is, at Altamont Mall, I started flipping through the pages, and I couldn't believe some of the stuff that I was reading. I was like, this can't be true. Uh, it was the history of the uh, uh, the Republican Party, black leaders, black congressional men, uh, black congressmen that, that I had never heard of, never, not one of their names uh, had I heard of. Um, and, uh, you know, I had been reading other books as well, Star Parker, uh, was uh, she was, in my opinion, the Candace Owens uh, of the day, maybe 15 uh, or 20 years ago before social media, but she didn't have that social media platform to take off. 
uh, like Candace Owens did. Uh, you know, but she's still big in, in politics and does some great work, thank God. Uh, and read her stuff. I started reading Michelle Malkin. Anything I could get my hand uh, my, my hands on, I started reading about. I started reading about the history of America, things that I either didn't care about because I had some history classes, obviously, in school, uh, but they were boring, and it was just names, uh, dates, uh, you know, so on, et cetera. Um, and it just never appealed to me. It never had any meaning. I couldn't stand history uh, when I was actually in uh, in, in, in school. Uh, but, you know, I found uh, fell in love with history, found a love for history and American history. Um, and, and so when Barack Obama came up on the scene and he was talking about all the things that he was talking about, including basically, you know, socialized health care and stuff like that, although it was uh, wrapped in soft language, if you will. Um, you know, it was like God had just given me spiritual discernment. And I was like, I know this guy sounds good. You know, he looks good. But the things that he believes in are going to take the country down. And the things that he believes in ultimately are going to, are going to hurt the, uh, the, the black community. Um, and then I, I just felt the need to speak out. So uh, I had a buddy of mine, Ariel Gasar, that used to work right at the station there for a short period of time anyway. And uh, he said, listen, man, you, you know, you write about this stuff. You talk about this here and there. Why don't you ever consider radio? And, and I said, you know what? I actually have thought about that. And I, I had uh, spoken to some people. I had written a little book that I wanted to get published. It didn't get published. But nonetheless, one of the things they told me was I need to expand and grow my platform. And I thought radio would be the, a, good, a good place to do that. And so he happened to work there. I went to the station that you're in uh, now, Roger, and uh, with Ariel Gassar, and he introduced me to the American Adversaries. He uh, introduced me to Christopher Hart, and he said, you know, you may want to consider, because, uh, you know, I was coming in, and I, I wanted my own show right off the bat, and he said, you know, I don't know if you've heard of these guys or listened to these guys, but they believe the things that you believe, and I think you can add something to their show, uh, which you consider, you know, uh, talking to them or, something like that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll meet him. Uh, Christopher, Hart, Christopher Hart came out and he was just like, uh, I mean, you, you, you know, Chris, he was just a really cool guy. Uh, and he, I mean, he, he, he shot straight to me. He was like, listen, you know, after we spoke for a little bit uh, downstairs, he was like, you know, I really think you fit in with what we're trying to do here on the American adversary. And he was like, you know, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not afraid to bring more, uh, voices uh, uh, to the show, and um, he was like, "Why don't you come sit in with us?" and uh, and I did, and 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 I absolutely loved it. So you know, I love Chris, I love the American Adversaries, and uh, and 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 the I love all of the guys that are on there now. But you know, I go back to the the olden days when they weren't on radio for that long at that period of time, um, and uh, you know, it was not it was just Nostra Dennis, Larry Adams, and and Johnny Gunn at the time and you know they just took me in and i uh i i was with them exclusively i think for uh six or more months and uh and and soon thereafter lunched uh, my own show on saturday mornings um and you know it's it's it's, it's just been a blessing it's, it's neat to be uh to be a voice and i mean i i know you can understand roger i mean radio is just addictive it it, it really is addictive i love it no, i have a passion for it Wonderful story. Thank you for sharing with us, friends. Our guest is Carl Jackson, of course, founder and host of The Carl Jackson Show. 
he just recently this week started also being added to the lineup of the Salem Podcast Network. We'll come back with Carl Jackson in just a moment after a brief break. Before we go to that break, of course, I want you to know that the Roger Franklin Williams Show is presented by Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster. Generous cuts of beef and cold water Australian lobster served in an atmosphere of old school elegance and sophistication. And you can make your reservation at 407 645 4443. That's 407 645 4443. And I do want to let you know that reservations are pretty much booked now for, th- for Valentine's, but I also know, and Christner's knows, that it's hard to get in there specifically on Valentine's night. So I would encourage, and I know a lot of people celebrate Valentine's Day later on after the Daxel Day is over, and I encourage you to, to take your Valentine to Christmas this year. Well, friends, we'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Friends, it's great to be with you today. Always enjoy this time, love this time we have to get together, brief time we have to get together every weekend. Very excited about our guest, Carl Jackson, founder and host of the Carl Jackson Show, which is heard weeknights right here on the new AM 950 and FM 94.9. The answer, that's you know Monday through Wednesday at 7 p.m. Of course, Carl's also just this week been added to the lineup of the Salem Podcast Network. And Carl, thank you for giving us great background about your inspiration, how your show got started, a little bit about your um, journey to become a, a conservative and a voice, conservative voice and your, your inspiration. Highly, very interesting. I'd, I'd like to now ask you about, and you're one of the, speaking of being a voice, you're one of the, the, the most um, articulate voices and passionate voices that I know who have identified what I think just might be our biggest threat to freedom, not only as Americans, but of, but um, as citizens, uh, you know, inhabitants of, of, of the, of the world. And that is, and I try to talk about that a lot. And I'm going to do it more on our show. And that is the threat from big tech, you know, so what uh, Charlie Kirk refers to as the big tech oligarchs, and the extraordinary power and influence that now just a literally, literally a handful of powerful global companies have, uh, in many cases, founded and run by individuals uh, that now impact Americans in our everyday lives. And for those who aren't as familiar, I'm speaking specifically about Google, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Microsoft, Apple, and uh, maybe a, a small, uh, just a few others. And companies that literally, that, you know, Americans, you know, use every single day and that are integral to our lives and now have literally have the power to silence presidents and political candidates and censor Americans and businesses uh, of all walks of life. Um, You've been powerful and eloquent in your discussion of this threat. Can you talk specifically about the threat uh, of our most basic constitutional freedoms posed by these big tech oligarchs? Yeah. I mean, listen, God gives you a voice to be able to speak out. Uh, speak out against sin, speak out against true injustice, not social justice, but true injustice to speak out when you need to, uh, you know, communicate, you know, save your life. I mean, think think about the importance of of, of free speech. I mean, think about the importance of the First Amendment. 
you know, the, the, the freedom of religion, the freedom to speak, um, all of these things that are enshrined within the Constitution, and, and these are inalienable rights, you know, the, 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 the right to assemble, uh, the, 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 the right to uh, re- redress your uh, government or your grievances, all of these rights that are enshrined within the First Amendment, uh, you know, it, it's amazing to me that these people in Washington, D.C., uh, they really, many of them, don't even care about the, uh, about the First Amendment. They totally want to transform America, and sadly, they're colluding with these people that they brainwashed on either, uh, either through societal pressure, either on the college campuses, uh, and they're running these major corporations, and they're running uh, some of them, these big tech organizations, and I'm at a point where I didn't think I'd be at a couple of years ago, Roger, maybe not even a year ago. And, and, and I'm like, these guys have to be busted up. Uh, they, they, they are, they are anti. At this point, they've shown that they're that they're anti-American. These major corporations, these big tech oligarchs, will literally censor us right here in the United States of America, and they wouldn't even have these companies were it not for the generosity of uh, of, of America. And, and then they go to places like they run their companies in China and all of these other places, and they will follow the dictates of dictators. But in the free country, they don't want to do it. They'll work with, uh, you know, the, the, the socialists and the Democrat Party to silence other Americans. So I'm like, you know what? Screw you. You're anti-American at this point. Your businesses are anti-American. You work with the Chinese Communist Party, which I consider a threat, the biggest threat. Uh, well, that and godlessness, quite frankly, probably got in godlessness before that. But right after the godlessness that we see in America now, it's the Chinese Communist Party uh, that is the biggest threat uh, to the United States of America. And these big tech oligarchs work with them and admire them. Uh, my, uh, uh, Zuckerberg of Facebook kissing up to Xi Jinping, uh, asking Xi Jinping to name his kid. Xi Jinping was even embarrassed for him. What a moron. I, I mean, it's, uh, it's insane. So I have no respect for these companies. And listen, uh, Carl, well, you, you can't be a capitalist and say that you want to bust up, uh, you know, uh, businesses like this. No, I like free market capitalism. The problem is these little wannabe dictators are trying to shut everyone out, uh, everyone else out of the free marketplace. And they're trying to censor everyone else uh, out of the marketplace. So if they're going to do that, and if they want to be these global companies rather uh, rather than an American company, fine. Uh, you know what? We'll, we'll bust you. Up. We'll bust you up because you don't appreciate America. You're getting too big, and now you don't even believe in the Constitution. And though you've made it big in America, you want to close the door behind you. So I'm at a point where I'm like, you're an anti-American company. Uh, uh, so you know what? We need more competition, uh, and that's just the way uh, that I see it. If they were fine with uh, you know, fine with competition and not censoring people uh, so that they could have competition, so be it. But they've become largely monopolistic, trying to buy up and, uh, you know, every and consume every new entrepreneur that comes up. Uh, and, of course, that entrepreneur is going to want money. Uh, and, and, you know, after they've created some type of app or something, and I don't blame them for that, uh, but unfortunately they sell to these bigger guys, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and uh, so on, and, and, and these guys are just anti, they have anti-American philosophies. Uh, so, you know what, I'm, I'm, at this point, 
I, I'm, I'm just like, it, it, it's time. It's just time to break them up. They have too no. much power. Uh, I, you know, just too much power. It needs to end. No, that's a great point. Well stated. Friends, you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show right now. Yes, our guest, I'm sure you know that's a familiar voice, is Carl Jackson, founder and host of the Carl Jackson Show. And a couple points I'd like to make uh, in regards to what you said. I think you summed it up very well. And, you know, the thing that's really chilling to me, Carl, about this whole um, episode phenomenon, several things are, are really chilling. But one is this is just something that just has happened literally in the last couple of years. I mean, I would say even five years ago, maybe three years ago or two, I would never have a vision envisioned that these very powerful companies that Americans rely on every day, um, you know, people rely on on a company like Apple and Google um, and and Microsoft to communi- uh, to communicate uh, through email. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, you know, this isn't just a, some frivolous you know thing that a few high tech people you know use. Um, but f- first of all, the power that they have, and then I would have never thought that they would use that power to discriminate and censor Americans and, and vi- literally violate our constitutional rights, you know, that to shut down yeah. free speech um, and, and things like that. So, I mean, it, it, it is a huge threat, as you pointed out. Um, they have an affinity for the communist Chinese and, um, you know, obviously, which, which is a problem in, in, in our looking to forge relationships and in some cases have already forged relationships with the communist Chinese. Uh, but they literally have the power to, to literally shut down a president uh, as Twitter demonstrated. And this is just something we're going to have to, to realize as painful as it is, acknowledge and identify and, and, and really start to, to try to find uh, some solutions to it. And I agree with you. I think that one of the possible solutions is legislation at the congressional level and the federal level. And like you, I never, you know, I've I've been a lifelong <laughs> a free marketer, and and you know I think I uh, maybe naively kind of felt the, the the free market would solve you know pretty much all economic problems, um, and that's just obviously this is a, a situation that we've never seen before, and that's not the case uh, as far as the free market goes, and I do think that um, there are some legitimate um, attack points, if you will, that people seeking to to um, to utilize you know you know legitimate. Uh, legislation, federal legislation, you know, could have um, to to uh, to rein these companies in. Yeah, I uh, yeah, it's um, we're, we're we're definitely in the same place, uh, Rogers. Something just has to be done, and uh, you know, I, I think we all conservatives. I, I I'm not sure that we saw it coming on the big tech end, but surely with academia and all of these kids being brainwashed, even though some of them you know dropped out. Uh, of college, I mean, they hang around with lefties, um, and now I guess just nothing surprises me anymore. And especially seeing the abuse uh, that President Trump took—you're talking about 96% negative coverage, uh, particularly in the election year—and he still won. Yeah, I mean, I obviously we didn't. We <laughs> that's my opinion anyway. All right, uh, so uh, but 96% negative coverage. Uh, it's absolutely uh, insane. We've seen what they've done. You look at the Hunter <laughs> Biden story and how they censored that. We 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 just can't have them doing stuff like that anymore. No, no, I, I agree with you, and I'm um, I'm going to continue to talk about it, and I'm, I'm sure that you will. And you know, I gain inspiration from from hearing uh, your, your thoughts and your comments. Well, Carl, sadly, we're almost at the end of our segment, and but I really appreciate you taking a few minutes because I know you're a 
hardworking guy in all respects. And um, you know, I, I appreciate the time that you've taken to, to join us on the Roger Franklin Williams Show today. Hey, thanks for having me, Roger. And now we uh, now we have to get you on my show. I appreciate I that. You to sit in with me. So, all look, right, look, look, look forward, forward to that. To it, all right, you take care. Yes, and uh, thank you for joining us, and uh, congratulations on uh, being added to the Salem Podcast Network, uh, another huge uh, success for the Carl Jackson, the Carl Jackson Show. Thank you so much, Roger. I appreciate it. God bless you, man. Well, friends, we'll be take a break in just a moment. Before we do, of course, I want to remind you, if you are looking for a place that will care for your car, truck, SUV, any other vehicle you might own, to Remind you about our, my friends over at Sheeler Auto Repair, owned by Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos. They are now in their 20th year at Sheeler Auto Repair. Uh, they can No job is too big or too small for the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. That's where I take my car. I've been taking it there for 20 years. They're located 1908 South Orange Boston Trail, Apopka. Get over and see them, and please tell them Roger Franklin Williams. Friends, uh, thank you for joining us today on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Well, friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. It's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you. We have great guests on our program today, and we'll go to them in just a moment. First of all, of course, I want to remind you that the Roger Franklin Williams Show is presented by Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster, Generous Cuts of Beef, and Cold Water Australian Lobster, served in an atmosphere of old-school elegance and sophistication. They're conveniently located on Lee Road in Orlando, just two blocks west of I-4. Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster. We're pleased to be joined by a regular contributor to our program, Francina Boykin. She is an expert in history. She's been featured in numerous publications, including the New York Times and Wall Street Journal, just to name a couple, about the research that she has discovered specifically in terms of African-American history. And, of course, on our program, the Roger Franklin Williams Show, we have a long history of, of covering and acknowledging Black History Month on our program. And Francina, thank you for joining us. It's great to have you joining us to share your great insights and knowledge. Thank you. And, you know, I was, I was just thinking, preparing for the show— I think you're the perfect person to join us to discuss Black History Month because you've really been researching African-American history. Um, it's, it's been a big part of your life, and, and you've been researching it for, for a big part of your life. Yes, I have. It is one of my favorite pastimes. And even today, you're the vice president of the Apopka Historical Society. Apopka Historical Society, and you do great work at the Museum of the Apopkins, the historical museum in Apopka. Yeah, I guess to start off with, I can you share? Um, and speaking of you know the role you play there um, with the Apopka Historical Society, but then thinking you know, in a larger context in terms of Central Florida in general, 
Can you share about one or two African Americans who've made an impact, who've made impactful contributions to to life in Central Florida, and, and that our listeners should know about? Well, I will always go to Michael Gladden Jr., uh, whose father was an early settler in uh, Pasca. And Michael Gladden Jr. came on the scene around 1924 when his father passed away unexpectedly. And Michael Gladden Jr. assumed the uh, ownership of the father's general store. And I select Michael Gladden Jr. because he was a driving force uh, in the ni- early 1920s as far as preserving the history, the early black history dating back because his family came in the early 1900s and settled in what was known then as the Mead's Bottom. Uh, Sarah Mead and Lindsay Mead, uh, a husband and wife, who came to Apopka in the Around 1870, they homesteaded in what is now the proposed town center, which was an early settlement of African Americans uh, during that time. Many African Americans came through Meade's Bottom and venturing out into other areas, you know, in the Central Florida and the Apopka area. There are very prominent black families who were in this location who were invited to Apopka by the Mead because of the industrial labor as well as the citrus and vegetable harvesting and farming. Uh, Many of the early black settlers came as independent farmers and uh, workers on the railroad, and so that history itself, Mr. Gladden pretty much spearheaded and coordinated, and he was the keeper. When I say keeper, in the general store, Mr. Gladden had three safes that he kept very important documents, valuable, that belonged to many of the you know, African-American people living in the community. And Mr. Gladden basically was helping a lot of the early black settlers get set up. And being the man that he was, he was educated in that when he returned to Apopka after his father's death, he had been a student at the Morehouse College in Atlanta. So he was really up and coming on the front of being successful, but after the father's death, he come and he took over the general store. The general store was a very central force in the Apopka area, so if there was a person that I, you know, he would be a person that I would highly admire, and I have what I call, what is called the Gladden Collection, uh, wherein there are many artifacts and documents that was retrieved from his general store 
when it was demolished in early 2000, uh, the store, the general store was demolished. So in that store were oh, a plethora of documents, photographs, uh, a few valuables. I think <laughs> someone beat us to the valuables. But uh, in that store, he was the keeper. When you look at the documents, all the documents, I have a, there's a tax receipt where an early African-American by the name of Stephen Hooper paid his property taxes in 1876. So when you're looking at the history, especially, you know, I can only focus on Apopka, the people that I've become familiar with and have done extensive and continue to research their backgrounds and the contributions that many of these early settlers made, you know, to the community of which I was born. No, thank you for sharing great insights. And can you tell, we're speaking with Francina Boykin on the Roger Franklin Williams show, and she's an authority on African-American history. And Francina, when did you first really begin to develop your passion for for history in general and specifically uh, African-American history? It, it's kind of, when I was away in college, or I attended the University of North Florida, and while at the University of North Florida, I participated in groups, because in 1972, that's when I moved away from Apopka to Jacksonville to attend the University of North Florida. And while a student at university, you know, I developed an appreciation for black history. Uh, while at the University of North Florida, there was a class that was offered. It was a humanities class, and it was a race relations class. And in the race relations class, we, as students, the class was divided by race and sex. It was three white females, three black females, three black males, three white males. It was, you know, it was divided in that manner. And we did quite a bit of exploring and going to historical black colleges and events. And I learned more because I didn't, as a student in high school, you know, it was just something that history throughout school, high school was not taught, not black history. And so um, as I began to study at the University of North Florida and get involved in community, I started hearing about people who had made great contributions. I do remember being, you know, back in my community, people like my grandfather or, or who was a union labor organizer in the community of Apopka and you know, I didn't realize that the significance of the contribution was going to be one day something that I would explore that would be historical in nature. So when you talk about how long I've been involved in research, uh, I would say for the past 30, 30 to 35 years. But I, my research was heightened when I met T. Ryan Slim, most know him as William Gladden, 
uh, I was under Mr. Gladden. He is the nephew of Michael Gladden Jr. I was under uh, William Gladden's tutelage for nearly 15 years. Uh, and this would be on a day-to-day basis. Whenever I would leave my job, I would always visit Mr. Gladden at his home there in a, on 15th Street in Apopka. Or either he would invite me by because he wanted to share something with me about a certain person who was involved in, you know, the early Apopka history. So for 15 years, I was under his tutelage. And I was just drenched in history because when his uncle's store was uh, torn down, we retrieved hundreds of documents. And I went through each document along with William Gladden, and he would explain to me who that person was, what they did. And it just, I developed such an appreciation for the contributions that the early settlers, especially early black settlers, made. And to come to Apopka, especially, and to make the contributions, you know, that they made, because many, when they arrived, uh, some families came from uh, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama. Uh, there was a reverend by the name of Zephaniah Turk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's, we're up on uh, our next break, if I can jump in. Uh, thank you for sharing these great, this great knowledge, wealth of knowledge that you have, and we come, we'll pick up right here when we come back from our break. Friends, you're listening to The Roger Franklin Williams Show. Please stay with us. Welcome back. Good to have you here for The Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, back to the studio, here's Roger Franklin Williams. Friends, welcome back to The Roger Franklin Williams Show. Glad you're joining us today. Right now, we're speaking with Francina Boykin, authority on African-American history. Go back to Francina Boykin in just a moment. Before we do, I want to give a shout out to our friend, Dr. Patrick St. Germain and the great people at St. Germain Chiropractic and Burn Fat Orlando and let you know that Dr. Patrick St. Germain and St. Germain Chiropractic have been voted best chiropractor. Now, once again, we're now 11 years in a row. Also want to let you know about the guys up at Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair and let you know that they've got the best products in the power equipment industry and the best lawnmowers in the market. You can find out more at apopkamower.com. Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair. It's where they sell the best and they fix the rest. Now back to Francina Boykin. We're discussing African-American history on the Roger Franklin Williams Show today. And yeah, Francina, you were when we went to break, you were telling us about the impact of, first of all, Mr. Willie Gladden Jr., and then later P. Ryan Slim, and you know just a wealth of of, of knowledge and, and information and historical documents, um, and, and that uh, Mr. Gladden had, and and as you became to develop a passion for it, and you actually uh, you had the opportunity to to see those documents, be exposed to them, and and to le- to research them and learn from them yourself. Oh yes, most definitely. Now, now, can you talk about um, on a, a, a you know bigger scope? What would be some of the things that you would want 
you know, all citizens to know and, and our listeners to know about uh, African-American history. If somebody, you know, didn't didn't know much at all about uh, the African-American experience or African-American history, uh, wh- what would you like for them to know? Well, I would like to, you know, like I say, I focus mostly on Apopka's African-American history and the contributions made by the early settlers who came uh, to a community. And during the the early settlement of, uh, you know, Blacks in the Apopka area, you know, they were... You know, long you know, before the Civil War, many African Americans lived either you know they if they were on plantations there in Apopka, or if they were living around Lake Apopka with the Indian tribe. Uh, the contributions that you know in building building homes and businesses and just contributing as a whole. And at that, in the early Apopka, you had, you know, it was considered integrated because uh, where you have, where it needs bottom, it was located at south of 441 and 436 at that interchange there uh, at McGee and 6th Street is where the majority of the early black settlers came. That's where your New Hope Baptist Church, as well as your St. Paul AME Church, those uh, religious institutions were located in the Meads Bottom area. So, uh, you know, I have a whole list of names of people who came, you know, through there, such as Mr. George Oden. George Oden was a farmer, a cultivator from Alabama who came to Apopka probably, I would say, in the early 1900s. That's how far back I've tracked Mr. Oden. Mr. Oden owned a 40-acre orange grove which is now out off of Marshall Slough around Lake Apopka area. I was told that he harvested and cultivated, well, he cultivated uh, the land for many orange groves throughout Central Florida, going as far south as um, um, Lakeland area. He was in great demand. And just to know that persons like Mr. Oden, whom I have, his, a copy of his property deed uh, back when he purchased, as well as when Mr. Gladden, Michael Gladden Jr., was his estate planner, or he handled all of Mr. Odom's affairs. And it was so funny how Mr. Odom, uh, he owned a mule. And every year he would use the mule, the mule name was Dahl. He used Dahl as collateral for crop liens from the State Bank of Apopka. That's what I find in many of the documents to see the transactions. And, and uh, P. Ryan Slim once said that the black man didn't come to Apopka begging. He came offering skills and his labor and built a very wholesome community. 
uh, when you even now when I ride through my neighborhood, I just remember the back in the days when um, we would call. We, well, it would have been considered the Black Wall Street at um, Central between Central on Central between Seventh and Ninth Street, Tenth Street. You would have had almost oh two or three dozen businesses of various types. You had tailors, you had uh, you had um, you had William Gladden Senior with the shoe hospital, you had Michael Gladden Jr. with the general store, you had several other grocery stores or businesses, even women who were entrepreneurs back in that time span. Uh, you take Marie Gladden she was a very prominent educator who was once principal of Phyllis Wheatley School, Mrs. Mildred Board. Mrs. Board was born in Apopka. Her family came, her mom and dad came from Texas to Apopka. And many people remember Mrs. Board. She was an educator as well as a librarian. And to see the successes of many young black people now you know, I often say they stand on the shoulders of the persons like the Gladdens and the Boards and the Austins, the Chisholm family. The Chisholm family, they remained in the knees bottom until the late 60s uh, before they moved to the South. And Reverend Morris Chisholm, he was the last holdout when uh, the city changed the, you know, set up, put an ordinance Voted on, uh, voted on the law prohibiting blacks to live north of the track, which was a kind of crazy thing to happen at that time because they said blacks were delinquent on their taxes. So Mr. Chisholm, Morris, Reverend Mark Chisholm, he vowed not to move, and he did not move. And he was very close to um, the Martin Berry, his entire family, his children all worked for the Dairy, which was next door to uh, the Chisholm's home. So they were living a very prosperous type life. You know, everybody was living in harmony during that time. And when you hear the name like Chisholm, the Sanders, uh, those names stand way out. And you had a Mr. Jim Austin, he owned a billiard hall. And then you later have businesses like for example, Marvin Zanders, who came to Apopka, and he made a lot of great humanitarian contributions to, you know, the people. So, you know, I could go on and on with names and people, and I'm probably leaving, leaving some people out. But overall, the contributions made to Apopka by its black citizens, I mean, it is phenomenal. Thank you for just wonderful history, wonderful insights, and thank you for sharing that with us on our program today. And just down to just our last uh, minute or two, but I did want to, you know, first of all, you know, acknowledge uh, it was great to hear you talk about Mrs. Mildred Board. You know, she was um, kind of was the librarian at Apopka Junior High back when I was in seventh grade, and a very memorable personality and. And just really a, 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 a wonderful woman uh, and, and a great leader in our schools. And then, you know, I would add in more recent years, you were talking more about the the, the early history, but um, in more recent years, uh, you know, 
Mr. Billy Dean, also former Popka City Commissioner Billy Dean, was a very influential person, certainly in my life and in the lives of, of many people, um, you know, back in the role that he played in desegregation of the schools and, um, you know, the, the, the career he had as a businessman, um, you know, an expert in agriculture, you know, United, you know United States Army veteran, uh, just really a multifaceted uh, man of many, many talents, but especially the leadership that he exerted and the example uh, that he exerted and the, the mentoring that he did for, for so many, many people. Um, is the one that I would I would oh, like he, to mention he impacted too. so many so many lives. Billy Dean, you know, he came into a pop there. I, I remember him coming in around the late sixties at Philly Sweetly when he was a teacher there at Philly Sweetly. So he inspired so many young people and helped so many young people during his lifetime. And you know, I I have the utmost respect for him. And I would also like people to know that Carter, Carter G. Whitson, when he first celebrated or said that the first Negro, uh, it was first started out as the first Negro History Week. Then it grew into the uh, Negro History Month. Carter G. Whitson, he is the father of black history. So with his reverence and the importance of preserving our history, all history matters, and all history, you know, as one friend of mine said, history cannot be rewritten. And what we find in the records and documents, and I urge everyone to please come by the, to the museum. We have our uh, a local guest artist, uh, Reba Yarbrough Bell. Her artwork is on display. She does caricatures and paint all paintings, and her work is on display at the Museum of Apopkins. And I urge people to please, everybody, not just black people, but all people are welcome to come and witness the, the exhibit. We have Mr. Gladden, the Gladden Collection of artifacts and documents on display as well. So uh, make it a point to come by and see this fantastic exhibit at the Museum of Apopkins. Absolutely. I encourage all of our listeners to do that, the Museum of the Apopkins. And I want to thank you, Francina Boykin, for joining us and sharing great insights and great history with us. My pleasure. Friends, that's going to do it for today. I want to thank you for joining us. Have a great weekend. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.